This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. It's Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here once again. Hopefully you have big plans this weekend. It's the Mariner's Swept aside the Texas Rangers. We'll talk about that as things got a little too interesting in the game yesterday that we'll touch on. Mariners, a big series coming up in Houston starting tonight. We'll touch on that. And uh, we'll have one of my favorite conversations from this season so far. Emily Curtis in the analytics department for the Mariners in the front office. A fun conversation about what she does on a daily basis, uh, how she got here, and just really fun conversation. So that will come up in a few minutes as well. So let's start with the sweep in Texas. And I guess that's the bottom line when we talk about the Mariners sweep in Texas. Mariners went to Arlington hoping for a sweep they got the sweep it wasn't always pretty it wasn't always easy but a sweep it is they won game one of the series a three to one victory on Tuesday in in game one of the series the pitching has been outstanding the Mariners have the second best ERA in August in all of baseball behind the Dodgers Uh, Tyler Anderson, who at this point may believe the Mariners only play the Texas Rangers, four starts with the M's, three against the Rangers. He went six, allowed just one run. Bullpen slammed the door. That was game one of the series. Game two, a three-to-one victory as Kyle Seager going yard early. Here's the stretch and the pitch. Fastball swing and a fly ball. Deep to right field. Down the line, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Kyle Seager with a two-run home run here in the top of the first inning. His 27th home run of the season. RBI 75 and 76. And the Mariners jump out to a 2-0 lead over the Rangers here at Globe Life Field. It is basically cruise control from there. Marco went five and a third. No runs allowed. The starters continued to be good as the bullpen slammed the door again. Marco, I think the Rangers in 18 days faced him three times he went over 20 innings and allowed a couple of runs that's it so he has had his way with the texas rangers so another three to one victory and then you got to game three of the series yesterday and the mariners poured the offense on early in the ball game mitch hanniger a home run early here's the stretch and the next off on the way swinging a fly ball deep to left field in toward the corner and this one is gone goodbye baseball Mitch Hanniger with a two-out, three-run home run here in the top of the second for Hanniger, a career-high 27th home run of the season, and it puts the Mariners on top. The Rangers five to nothing here in the top of any number two, number 27 for number 17, Mitch Hanniger, a career-high in home runs. How about that? So things were looking good. It was six nothing after three. Uh, seven to two going into the ninth as uh, the Mariners again. Chris Flexen was outstanding. Seven innings, one earned run. 
Of all the starters in the American League, Chris Flexen is tied for the most starts of seven-plus innings, allowing one earned run or fewer. He's been that good this season. We've talked about it so often this season. Just been a rock in the rotation for the Mariners. Uh, He pitched great. The bullpen, though, fell apart in the ninth inning. Texas puts five on the board. Things got scary multiple times. But then in the 11th inning, Ty France rode to the rescue. And the one nothing pitch. DeFrance swinging a shot deep to left field. Martin going back, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Viva la France. Ty France with a two-run home run in the top of the 11th inning. A line shot homer, his 13th of the year, and the Mariners have the lead. 9-7 to seven here in the top of inning number 11. The Rangers will get one more. A 9-8 to eight win as the Mariners hold on to get the sweep. Things looked awfully bleak after the Rangers ended up tying the ball game. But they get the win. An emotional Scott Service after the ball game talking about the win. Yeah, I think I've said it a few times this year. It's uh, really hard to, to sweep a team. And we proved it. Uh, we proved it's really hard. Uh, so obviously um, a lot to unravel uh, in that game, but um, you know, the key to the game, the big play in the game uh, obviously was the, the tie France, the, the double play that uh, we were able to get that in the 10th inning, um, you know, with Joe Smith out there, the ground ball, we don't get the conventional double play, but tie France makes an unbelievable throw and we get the backside double play and then walks up to the plate and wins it with his bat. So uh, heck of a performance uh, by a lot of guys today and, you know, it starts with our offense, you know, waiting for our offense to kind of have one of those days where it starts clicking. Obviously, we were out early in this game, had even more chances to, to add on um, to, to the original six runs. We got seven, but, uh, you know, I got to give the Rangers credit. You know, they hung in there. Uh, you know, Miz wasn't as sharp as he normally is. They were on him. Uh, Diego almost got us out of it. You know, he made one mistake, and, you know, we paid the price for it. But, uh, you know, as I told the team after the game, um, the character that we show – Day in, day out, it's really incredible. It would have been so easy to just pull up, uh, you know, pack up the tents. You know, it's not our day. We gave it up and just pack it in, and, and we don't do that. Uh, credit to all of our guys, you know, on the mound. Uh, it's a big at-bats late in the game, and we're able to get out of here to sweep and, and head to Houston. So it wasn't easy. End of the day, it's a W, and uh, we'll take it. You know, I'll take any questions. Scott, just how nice was it to see the offense get going the way they did today, especially how things have been going for you guys lately? Yeah, it was huge. Obviously, Hanny, uh, big three-run homer early. Um, a number of guys uh, chipping in. Um, and she'd had one more run, too. Take Friendly got robbed her at the end. So, uh, uh, you know, we had a lot of traffic. I think we left 10 or 11 on today, so we probably should have scored more than, than we actually did. But uh, um, uh, flexing was really good again. It's just a number of you know, all over the board today, guys contributed and, and chipped in, and, and that's what it takes. So, um, you know, great to see the offense get going. A lot of guys, a lot of good at-bats. Balls were hit hard. Um, we had a lot of traffic. Like I said, we probably even should have scored more than the nine we ended up with today. Hey, Scott, that's a career-high 27 home runs for Mitch now. And I think about when we go back to spring training in Peoria there, he got that hit in that first at-bat, and I think you said something like, you know, he looked like he hadn't missed a beat and maybe even looked a little better. Um, this is really a testament to a guy. It's hard to miss a full year of service time and competition, reps, and all that. 
to come back and do what he's done, isn't it? It, it really is. It's, it's a testament to you know his work ethic, uh, his belief in trying to get back on the field. Like I've often said, it was a major injury, missing over a year and a half of time, and then. You know, how he works, he, he's so uh, prepared every day uh, when he comes to the ballpark. And, you know, like any hitter, he's going to have those, those peaks and valleys once in a while. And it's really nice to see that first at bat today. He takes a single to right field. That usually means good things are coming uh, when he does that. So, uh, you know, big three-run homer. He's had a heck of a year. He really has. And you know, we would not be in this position without him really being kind of the anchor, the key guy, the most consistent guy in our offense. Scott, his ability to be on the field, you know, I think this was 117th game. I mean, has he exceeded your expectations in that to be able to bounce back and post? Um, it, it has, Ryan. I, I thought, you know, there could be a, a point where he would just kind of run out of gas. But uh, uh, to his credit, um, you know, how he takes care of his body. Um, he's always eating the right stuff. He's making sure he's drinking enough. Uh, you know, he's just everything down to the, the littlest detail. Um, he is on as far as getting himself the best chance to, to stay healthy and, and stay in the lineup every day. So, um, you know, he has been phenomenal and it's really helped. And we talked about it pregame, the ability to give him those DH days uh, where you don't miss his bat in the lineup, but get them off his legs in the outfield. And, you know, he usually responds really good to that and he's better to go, you know, ready to go the next day. Scott, speaking of the offense, it felt like perfect timing. You know, they came through and gave you guys a bunch of runs at the right time with, with the bullpen not being as sharp as we've seen all month. It really was. And, you know, we don't have a lot of team meetings, but uh, talking to the team after the game today, uh, for me, that is the ultimate get, gut check game. You know, when it's like falling apart, it gets away from you. And, it, like, it's so easy just to, to pack it in. But our, our guys didn't do it in. It was going to be, you know, the offense had to step up. Uh, we made a huge defensive play on a day where maybe our bullpen wasn't quite as sharp as it has been. And still, you know, uh, Paul Seabold going out there three days in a row. We typically don't do that. You know, he gave me a heads up before the game. He said, hey, Skip, if you need me today, I'm, I'm good to go. And I told him only in an emergency. And it was an emergency. <laughs> we, we got the lead. I said, if we get the lead in this ballgame, let's shoot Seabold in there. And he did a great job to finish it off for us. Hey, Scott. You mentioned the team meeting you had afterwards, and usually I think we sort of think that these uh, team meetings usually have some sort of negative connotation to them, trying to get out of a funk or something like that. But was this generally just kind of a, hey, this a real appreciation for what you guys are doing, how you were kind of weathering this long stretch of close games here? It's exactly what it was, Corey. It was uh, just me personally letting them know, you know, how proud I am of this group. It's a, it's a special group. It really is. That's a long day, so uh, pardon me for getting a little emotional, but I really love this team. I really do. And then Ty France, who now as a Seattle Mariner has played in 135 games going back to last year. He's hitting 289 with a 357 on base percentage, 15 home runs, and 30 doubles. That is some tremendous production, especially it's so easy to forget how young he is in his Major League Baseball career. But what a phenomenal season for Ty France. Here's what he had to say after the ball game. All right, on that defensive play you made there to get that double play, can you just walk us through what was going through your mind? And, you know, coming off the bag and seeing the runner off third base, just uh, what your vantage point was before turning it. Yeah, um, you know, Toro's throw to me was a little high. It took me off the base. And actually, Adolis had 
stepped on my foot. So I took a couple steps to like shake that off. And when I peeked up, uh, Hernandez was halfway up the line. So I just threw the ball and, you know, JP was right there. You're a guy that doesn't necessarily sell out for power. You focus so much on contact and put the ball in play, but how good did it feel to, to get that homer there, especially given the stakes of the game? Yeah, it was a big spot. Um, you know, like you said, I'm not really trying to hit homers, but, um, you know, he left the fastball up and put a good swing on it. And, you know, it worked out for us at the end. Ty, this feels like such an emotional day. You guys had the big lead. They come back to tie it. You know, the game is four hours plus. Some really key plays there at the end. And I know Scott uh, pulled you all aside after the game and talked about just how proud he was. This is a, a ringer that you guys are going through with these tight games seemingly every night. What was sort of the general mood of his conversation and just how much do you appreciate that? Oh, yeah, it's huge, you know, to hear hear that from your leader um you know it was it was a happy you know we were excited it was a big win big series um you know going into houston and um but yeah you know to have that feeling of you know him being in your corner and having your back it's huge for us not usually what you have team meetings about is it uh, i mean it's about half and half yeah i mean he, he's done it a few times this year where he's pulled us aside and just let us know, you know, he appreciates our work, all the work we put in and, you know, how proud he is of how far we've come. And, you know, a lot of people weren't expecting us to be where we are right now. So um, it's just a testament to how hard the, the guys have worked in there and, you know, gone about their business. Scott, I mean, our Ty, I know he doesn't show a lot of emotion, but uh, you know what Mitch went through the last couple of years. Do you, how much do you think the 27 homers means to him and, and the milestone of just playing every day like he has been? Yeah, I think you said it right there, you know, the milestone of being able to play every day. You know, he's, a, he's a grinder. He, you know, puts in the work. He's one of the hardest working guys I've ever, ever met. And, um, you know, to see it all pay off for him, it's huge. I, I know I wasn't here when he went through all that stuff, but, um, you know, just as a baseball fan, watching someone as good a guy as he is, not only that, but to push through, the stuff that he went through, um, you know, it's just shows what a leader he is and you know, how valuable he is to our team. And, um, you know, we wouldn't be in the spot we are right now without him. Okay. So here we go. Mariners will continue this road trip and why the sweep is so important is because of right now, Houston Astros and then the Oakland A's coming up and the Mariners certainly in the thick of the chase, Houston still leading the division at 71 and 50, uh, Yankees holding the top wildcard spot, 70 and 52. Oakland has really crept up on Houston at 69 and 53, holding down the second wildcard. Boston half game back, Mariners three back, and Toronto four and a half back. So Toronto will take on Detroit. Of course, the Mariners will be in Houston. Boston will take on Texas. Uh, Oakland against San Francisco. Yankees will take on Minnesota. Now, this Oakland stretch is really key as the Mariners try and track down the Oakland A's. This is something to watch, and especially without Bassett in their starting rotation. You look at this homestand for the Oakland A's after coming back off the road. They lost three of four to the Chicago White Sox. They'll take on the Giants for three over the weekend. Mariners for two. Off date, Yankees come in for four. So Giants, Mariners, Yankees in this homestand for the A's. This feels like an opportunity if the Mariners can put together a good stretch here on the road against Houston. Of course, Oakland head-to-head. 
I have a chance to reel in Oakland, but it starts this weekend against the Houston Astros, and you know this isn't going to be easy. The Astros have not been as dominant offensively in the second half. They're without Bregman, without Tucker, but they've still been really good, essentially top five in the American League in just about every offensive category. So not as dominant, but still good. Here's how the uh, matchups line up for the weekend. UCA will get the ball tonight. Lance McCullers, who's been really good, will go for the Astros, 5'10", first pitch. Saturday, 1-10, Logan Gilbert gets the ball. Jake Odorizzi will go. And then Sunday, 11-10, Tyler Anderson, Framber Valdez will get the ball. A couple lefties going at it on Sunday. So a big, big weekend for the Mariners as they have some ground they would love to gain against, uh, well, Oakland, Boston, take your pick, <laughs> Houston for that matter. So when we talk again on Monday, we will see where the Mariners are at. In the meantime... We have a conversation with Emily Curtis from the front office, and we begin the conversation about her journey uh, to where she is now and kind of how she thought about things as a kid growing up and being a baseball fan. It's hard to say always, but definitely it's something that I thought about um, from from when I was really young. So I actually grew up as a big St. Louis Cardinals fan. Mm. My dad, his family is like from the St. Louis area. So grew up, of course, like watching baseball with my dad. Um, And then, you know, being a kid, I was really I was always really into like, you know, math and numbers and, and that kind of stuff. And so I remember, of course, I think for a lot of folks in a job like mine, you know, it kind of starts with reading Moneyball. Um, so I'm sure you hear that a lot. But yeah, I uh, I read Moneyball and then I, I learned about like being an analyst or, you know, a, a sports statistician, that kind of role. Um, and then to be honest with you, I kind of set my sights elsewhere, partially because you know, especially being a woman, I really didn't see folks that looks like me in these kinds of positions. And even, you know, not taking that into account, a lot of these roles for major league teams are really competitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of people who want those opportunities. So, you know, I thought for a while that I might be like an actuary or, you know, do something else. I, I actually went to the University of Oklahoma, got my bachelor's degree in math, and then I ended up in Washington um, and went to the University of Washington and got my master's degree in applied math. And then toward the end of that um, master's degree, I was applying for jobs and I, I was uh, planning to be like a, a data scientist, just a, a you know, a, a general kind of use numbers and, and, um, and data to try to you know help some company or organization like make more money or whatever. And uh, I remember really distinctly, I had this one interview with an organization, I don't even remember the company, and they asked me to talk about some of my personal research, which was all like baseball related. I'd done a ton of like baseball related projects. And I remember just speaking like so passionately and excitedly about it. And then they asked me, why do you want to work here? And I had so much trouble answering that question. Uh, and so, yeah, sorry, this is a super long-winded way of saying I, I, you know, I came home that night and I spoke with my now husband and said, you know what, I really think I need to give it a go. I think I need to try to work in baseball. And that's kind of what started things off for me. So, But yes, definitely passion for baseball. As a kid, I played softball and, and just have always loved the game. I can identify with so much of that. I grew yeah. up here, but my dad grew up just outside of St. Louis. Really? So there's always a cardinal influence Absolutely. in my house. Uh, 
It was just more of the Willie McGee, Vince yeah. Coleman era, but very fun teams. Yeah. And you know, I had the same thing, too, where this is always something I wanted to do, but had the this isn't realistic. Yes. This isn't going to happen because of the competitive nature of it. Absolutely. And I remember even being in like middle school, high school, people would ask me, you know, what I wanted to do when I grew up and I would give them, you know, mm -hmm. the answer, or whatever. And sometimes if someone would push a little more, I'd say, you know what I like, what I really want to do is the actual dream. That's not really realistic is to work in baseball to, you know, work for a major league team. And so I feel so lucky to, to get to do this now. I mean, it's, it's always a little bit scary to turn your love and your hobby into your work, but I mean, it doesn't. It do, it often doesn't feel like work, um, and and that I love. So, describe what a typical day, if there is a typical sure. day, looks like for you. Yeah, well, I would say um, I wouldn't say there's one typical day. I think the season really affects what I'm working on. So. Spend quite a bit of my time kind of in the the player development world. So like in season, especially during the minor league season, we're working pretty heavily on the player plan process. Um, so basically, just putting together plans and resources to help our minor league guys get better. The you know that's always the objective is what can we do to help you know every player in our system get better. Um, and so that's kind of a lot of what we do during the season. And then in the off season, actually, so coming into a little bit of a new role for me, a lot of the off season is going to be spent working on um, a lot of our hiring in baseball operations. Mm. So spending time um, once we have job openings, normally we kind of make an assessment toward the end of the season of what opportunities we'll have going into the next year. And so that off season is a really good time to work on, you know, helping folks in the baseball operations department hire. So, you know, I'm going to be much more involved this upcoming off season in trying to, um, you know, just make sure that we have a clean, consistent process throughout baseball operations, make sure nothing kind of falls through the cracks, but also making sure that we run really fair, inclusive, you know, search processes for everyone that we bring into the Mariners organization. So nice. yeah, that's definitely a part of it. And then as well, another kind of piece, I guess for me is uh, my work on the, with the high performance group. So that's something we've been expanding a lot in the last like year or two is bringing on more folks. Um, so high performance is just like a lot of our physical health mm. for our players and like strength and conditioning, that kind of work. And so I do quite a bit um, and work a lot with some of our other folks in the high performance department, Kate Weiss, who we just brought on, and some other folks who uh, anytime, you know, they need data or collecting data and need any analysis done to support the really cool work that they're doing, that's something that um, I'm pretty involved in helping them with. So, yeah, I mean, I always say my, my favorite part is just helping other people answer the questions that they want to answer, taking data and, and making it approachable and, and you know, um, accessible for people throughout the organization. It feels like looking at your world from the outside, yeah. it, it feels like the health injury, that sort of thing. It's like the next frontier sure. of data. Do you, do you think about it like that? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I feel like we, we've we seen these kinds of waves. I mean, initially, a lot of it was kind of like on-field strategy, player evaluation. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where this like data started in baseball. And then we've moved and, you know, folks were saying that player development was the new kind of like data frontier. And now we are seeing a lot more investment into this like high performance and like health and injury space. Um, and it's really interesting. I will say like, you know, the work that I've done trying to predict injury or, you know, any it's it's 
tough. It is tough work <laughs> yeah, to do. To say the least. Um, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, but we have really smart and capable people working on it. And yeah, I do. I, I really think we're going to see tons of advancements in that kind of area in the future in the next, you know, few years. When I think about your world, too, I think yeah. about this is your fourth year, right? Yes, fourth it year. is. Yeah. I think about how much has changed even in four years oh, from yeah. the time you started. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember even just thinking about the injury world. I mean, when I started, that was one of my first projects as an analytics intern was looking at trying to you know, is there anything that any relationships, anything we can do to try to predict pitcher injury? And that's what I spent a lot of my time on. And at the time in the organization, it seemed like, you know, from the data side, there weren't a lot of other people doing that, you know, with the Mariners. And mm. now we have way more people who are involved, who, you know, are asking questions and who are looking at the data. We're collecting more data than we ever have before just on on this kind of thing. And it's it, it's it's really cool to see, and I know we're definitely headed in the right direction. And I think you know that's happening league wide as well. You know, it's funny when you talk to players that played you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago. The minor leagues felt like more survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. I mean, there wasn't a lot of help along the way to yeah. get them to this level. It seems like this is a very smart change in terms of development, uh, throwing it, everything from health, uh, nutrition. You know, spin rates, the whole gamut has changed completely. Absolutely. And I think the folks that we've talked to who played in that kind of like, you know, before this age of information yeah. in baseball always say they wish that someone had told yeah. them. They wish that they had known. And so for us, we're just trying to give everyone every piece of information so that when they leave, it's be not because they didn't have, you know, the information. It's because, you know, of X, Y, and Z. But... But it's not because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so we want to give all of our players, regardless of, you know, where they are, what, you know, their potential is, any of that. We want to give every player the opportunity to improve. Um, and I just think about, you know, in outside of being a baseball player, all of us who work in offices or wherever, like, you know, we all have the opportunity to receive feedback and and try to improve. I am constantly trying to get better at my job. I mean, all the time. Um, and so, you know, I think that's something I really like about this is just helping folks get better at their jobs. Yeah. We're just trying to help everyone yeah. get better at their job. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. When you watch a baseball game, do you watch a game differently than maybe you used to before you started doing this? That is really interesting. I think I'm, I'm keyed into a lot of parts of the game that I wasn't before. Um, you know, I, I will say honestly, before I started working in baseball, I had trouble even like, you know, picking up the pitch type when I, you know, you just mm. watch, you don't mm -hmm. even think about that kind of stuff. But now, right. you know, after being around it much more closely, I think, oh, okay, you know, that was a curveball that I wouldn't have expected in that count or, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. So I think I definitely have a more um, close eye to that kind of thing. But, I, you know, I, I also, I think even just having worked in baseball for the last few years, I am picking up on the changes a lot more now as well like looking at the differences like for example how 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 many more like high fastballs we're seeing now than we were before oh, um, yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. is, you know, is really interesting and not something that I think I would have thought about a ton um, before I worked in, in baseball so yeah I think it is different yeah has there been anything in your time here that you've seen play out on the field that you felt like I had a hand in that or you know like a a major league moment I guess is how I would put it yeah that's really interesting um it's hard to say I know I guess you know maybe 
almost the opposite of that has happened for me, wherein like some of the work that we've done on the high performance side with the injury prediction, I've seen someone not go into the game because we were concerned about their, um, you know, their health or, you know, their injury risk on that day or whatever. Interesting. And so that was really interesting to see, um, you know, that those kinds of things, just because we're tracking the information a little bit better because we're raising these kinds of flags, you know, someone not go into a game when maybe they otherwise would have. But um, yeah, so it, it is... I will say, uh, now that you mentioned that, um, those kinds of things actually, like, you know, people making uh, a decision directly based off of something that I suggest- suggested actually makes me very nervous. Um, <laughs> I know that a lot of people who want to work in baseball are like, get me in there. Like, right. I want to I wanna make the decisions. I want to. And I feel, you know, almost the opposite. And I think I'm a little bit unique um, working in baseball for that reason. But I always say to people that my favorite part of the job is taking information and helping someone else make a better decision. I never want to make the decision myself. (laughs) I never want to be driving because that's just too much, you know, it's too much pressure. I'm too anxious of a person to be able to handle that. I totally get that. Yeah, Yeah, up here we just tell people what happened. We don't have to be (laughs) involved or make decisions, so it's pretty easy for us. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm maybe a little bit different um, in that way, but (laughs) That's so funny. I am super interested in the injury uh, frontier. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to get to a point where we can actually predict w- when a player is going to get hurt or not, but it would be obviously super valuable given the amount of injuries we sure. see year to year. Do you feel like we are making progress in that realm, big picture? I think we're making progress as far as like, you know, finding relationships between factors and like, mm. you know, I mean, I think we there are some things that logically make sense sense to us like okay if we watch a guy on the mound and like his velo drops his you know his his pitch velocity is is going down like that's a bad sign we think that mm-hmm. that means that injury is headed and so I think in that realm we've been able to find other relationships that are similar um, you know maybe not pitch velocity but something else other types of you know pitch characteristics that can key us in that maybe there's something going on and we should take another look as far as like you know can I tell you this guy's going to get hurt tomorrow? It's hard for me to imagine. I mean, maybe we'll get there a long time from now, but it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, we'll ever be there. But I think we are getting to a place where we are able to see like, okay, maybe his injury risk is a little higher today than it was yesterday. Or it's a Mm. little, you know, that those kinds of things. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think there's, it's going to keep getting better. We're going to keep getting better and better at it. the, The more data that we collect. And I know like, we're starting to get much more like even three-dimensional data mm-hmm. with like the Hawkeye, you know, data and, and all that kind of stuff. And so as soon as, we, I mean, the more and more data that we get, the better kinds of predictions we'll be able to make. So I think we'll, we'll continue to get better at it, but we, I think we are starting to make strides in that, in that area. I'm curious, are you getting data from the minor leagues this year? I'm, I'm interested in the one day off every week to see if that has any impact on the injury front. Or maybe this year is just so weird because there was no season last year in the minors yeah. that it's really hard to isolate factors. Things have definitely been weird because of the weird schedule yeah. the last couple of years. So, like, you know, doing spring training for a little bit and then, st- you know, right. I mean, I think all the pitchers are in kind of like a weird 
progression mm-hmm. because of that. So that has definitely affected, and we're seeing more injuries than before, right. you know, because of that. Um, as far as the minor league guys go, we do we we collect data for the minor leaguers. We're able to kind of track their their health and performance as well. It's really interesting. The the biggest factor, and this probably wouldn't be a surprise to anyone, pitching is you know a risky thing to do. So mm-hmm. the more you do it the more likely that you are to get hurt. So like having extra time between your appearances, even having extra time between pitches, between inning, that, that kind of stuff really helps um, from some of you know our information that we've been able to see. So yeah, I mean, it's hard to say exactly how much it helps, like having an extra day off or, you know, whatever. And I think it, it one of the things we've recognized for sure is that it differs from player to player right. as well. So that's really tough um, to, to make, like, you know, a blanket statement or whatever. But, yeah, in general, pitching, you're more likely to get hurt if you do it more. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah. if you take more breaks and you do it less, that's that's good in our book. Um, you're less likely to get hurt. Yeah, you, you pointed out what's the hardest to everybody and everybody is different yep. when it comes down to it. Absolutely. And that's why that's so tough, especially when we talk about like building a model or something. One of the biggest, most important things uh, is that you have enough data and information. But if we want to treat every pitcher individually, you know, think about how much that cuts down on the Mm. amount of data and information that you have. You can't treat everyone the same. Um, And so making sure that we have we're looking at this in a personalized way, but we're also taking into account all the information we have is something that's really difficult, especially on the injury front. Yeah. I know you're working on the special projects right now with uh, uh, yes. the Hessling Group. Yeah. yeah. So uh, w- what are you excited about diving into? What I guess what's next? Yeah. Uh, really, really great question. Um, yeah. So I'm now have just kind of transitioned over into the baseball projects group and, um, you know, and with a really great group of folks there that are doing really cool things. I think even some of the new folks we brought in are really pushing us to do more in the kind of technical realms that we haven't done before. And so I think we're looking at making a lot of our data and reports um, more visually appealing, more dynamic, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I'm, I'm going to have to, I was uh, talking to my husband about this the other day, I'm going to have to start learning things in a way that I haven't in like three or four years, just because, you know, we're, we're pushing the boundaries technically with what we're able to do. And so it's really exciting. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, the high performance stuff is always something that's kind of like, you know, on the horizon for us that we're going to continue working on the name of the game in baseball projects is making the data and information really accessible for everyone. Make sure that the data touches everyone in the Mm -hmm. organization and everyone can get their questions answered. So yeah, I think next up for us is just making that data look even cooler than it does before because you know that really helps with people you know. For sure. It does. It it really helps people buy into the information if it looks really cool. Um, So that's something that we're, we're, um, we're working on now. So. One of the, one of the really exciting things about this season for me has uh, been watching the symmetry between the analytics department, the on-field staff, the players, and we've seen uh, so many instances of success stories on the field with guys buying in, and you can see the symmetry at work, and it's been really fun to watch play out. Absolutely, and something that you talked about earlier that I wanted to mention and forgot to is just especially with our player plan process. I don't know, you know, how much you've talked with folks about it before. It's remarkable the way that we're able to take you know information from everywhere in the organization Mm. part of when we talk about putting together a plan for all of our minor leaguers and our major leaguers as well is you know 
we're, when we're talking about what the player needs to do to get better, mm-hmm. that's not just coming from that player's coach. It's also coming from the analyst's group. It's coming from strength and conditioning. It's coming from our medical group. It's coming from our uh, mental health coaches and, and, and from everywhere in the organization. And so I think that's something that has really benefited our players is that you're getting that holistic view um, when we're talking to them about how they can improve and how they can get better. It's coming from all these different pieces um, and and the collaboration there has been really remarkable to yeah. see. Well, Emily, thank you so much for the time. This is really fun. I could talk to you all day. We'll have to do this again. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I'd be happy to. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.